0: Halloween, that time of year when ghosts, goblins, spooks, and spirits thrill, chill, delight, and cause fright. What better time of year than to discuss some of the fears surrounding ufology, and in particular, the fear of being abducted by aliens? Alien abductophobia. What is it? how and why does it manifest and is it more of a rational fear than many might believe join myself and neil here on aliens explored for our halloween special as we brave this terrifying topic during this discussion I refer to an experience I had myself. If you want to go back and listen to the episodes where I refer to that, the links are in the description below. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there.
1: And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Hello listeners and welcome to yet another episode of Aliens Explored, your favourite podcast for looking at the mysterious skies, stars, beneath the oceans, smoke-filled back rooms, government departments Um, and and today it's it's, uh, this time it's our Halloween special. I'm one of your hosts Neil Kelly. And
0: I'm your other host, Spooky Stew Jackson. Spooky Stew. I've got to figure something that goes with any Utah Paranormal T-shirt, of course. You if are, yeah. I'm wearing I'm it um, Halloween or...
1: Whereas I'm more sort of um, smart, casual for uh, for a job interview I had today,
0: so... Uh, right. So I was going to ask because... I'm not the usual. I mean, so our, our, our audio listeners will... Uh, perhaps not appreciate this the same way but, uh, yes. but that is a very funky shirt you're wearing
1: thank you thank you it was a present from my stepdaughter and one of my favorites and obviously you know autumn is drawing in and and very soon it's will be put away for for months on end so wear it while you can that's before All the, the leaves get are brown
0: today. and the sky yeah. is gray and yeah the dark nights are closing in and it's getting colder uh, which begs the question: Why have you taken your beard off? Well, um, I, as you know,
1: I, I worked as Mr. Monopoly up until June this year, mm-hmm. and then I I took a break. I left to do a few other things, um, but now I'm in negotiations to return, at least on a on a part time basis. It'll give me. I, I suspect it will become more and more full time as we go on. But um, but uh, yeah, so I thought, well, I'll, I'll shave my beard off because Mr. Monopoly doesn't have a beard, and in fact, my my own natural moustache isn't Hasbro approved. I have to go to work and stick on their Hasbro <laughs> approved false Mr. Monopoly moustache. And uh, actually, you know, my wife didn't notice, and uh, you know, we <laughs> she was out when I did it, and she came home, didn't say anything, and it was only only sort of at bedtime. I said. To, Did you did you notice I'd shaved my beard? And she said, "Oh yeah." I thought there was something different about you, but I couldn't put my finger on it. So you know, obviously, it doesn't doesn't make that much of an impact. So yes, I could be returning. I mean, that's the thing as an actor, isn't it? You um, you grow facial hair when in in your downtime, so that um, people casting you, casting directors or directors producers. Have a choice. They say, "Oh, great! Well, can you just have a moustache or can you have big sideburns or whatever?" And actually, what I'm usually told is, "Yeah, get rid of it, just clean shaven." And so here we are
0: again. I'm clean shaven again. Yeah, I I always leave it till the absolute last minute when I absolutely, definitely have to take my beard off. Mm. Um, Partly because, as as you rightly say, you know, I might go for an audition. Tomorrow that that requires a beard, um, but mostly because I hate seeing myself without a beard. Yeah, um, yeah. When well, um,
1: you know, my my headshots, are, I'm I'm bearded. And but of course, I could go to any audition. And they say, "Oh, you look different." I mean, I know that women have this, this quite a lot because they'll change their hairstyle and, and, and whatever. And you only change your headshots every few years. You like to change your hairstyle a bit more often than that. But of course I then said, well yeah, I have got my headshots with the beard, but I had to shave it off for another job. Mmm. Um, you know, it's I,
0: always always that risk. Yeah, I often have two sets of headshots on the go, with beard, without beard, so that yeah, I, can I think I might send off whichever one is appropriate at the time. Mm. Anyway. Um Today's topic.
1: Yes, it's the Halloween special, so by the time this goes out, the the nights really will be drawing in,
0: and the leaves will be brown and on the ground. Yes, and spooks and spirits fill the air, and fill us all with terror, and it is a terrifying subject that we are addressing today. We will
1: be... And who was it who said we have nothing to fear but fear itself? Oh, Was that um, uh,
0: Roosevelt or Kennedy. I'm thinking one of those. Sun Tzu, two. I thought. I thought it was Sun Tzu no, Okay, were, the Art of War. Um Yeah, I think or was it no, it was one of the one of the ancient philosophers. Uh You have nothing to fear but I fear remember.
1: itself. I'm sure it was an American president who who quoted. Oh I always think, you know, when I go in someone's office and I see on their bookshelf above their desk Sun Tzu, the Art of War, I just think, what a dick <laughs> <laughs> Really, is this? Yeah, you know, you, 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 you're just doing basic middle management. But you need, you think you need to read Sun Tzu, The Art of War.
0: You know, well, like, at is, is strategizing. Hmm. You yeah. know, at the end of the day. But yeah, seeing seeing business as a battle and as a war, that's mm, not yeah. healthy. The, um, your biggest decision today will be what to
1: put on the supermarket shelves. At, well, sorry, <laughs> fear itself. Fear so, generally. I'm not about, trying
0: to segue this back into our subject today. Fear generally is a healthy thing. It's something that keeps us safe, keeps us informed of danger, uh, keeps us out of danger. But when it becomes overwhelming or paralyzing or when that fear is an irrational one, that's Mm. when it becomes a problem. And uh, a phobia um, is, by definition, an irrational fear. So it's by definition a a Yeah. Well, I don't see that as an irrational fear, so I don't think it should count as a phobia.
1: But most things that are called phobias aren't actually irrational fears. Um, I mean, they could be... they're, They're very real to the people who experience them. I mean, when you talk of transphobia or homophobia or Islamophobia, you know, those people are genuinely... They've read all the newspaper reports and they genuinely think this is the, the thin end of the... I, d- I don't think they are actually experiencing fear. Or no, they're not they're, actually they're paralysed they're, by fear. They're,
0: those are phrases that are used to... Uh, because... <laughs> calling people bigots is considered less polite. So it's it's, <laughs> it's nicer to say you're homophobic than it is to say, you know, you're a big bigot. Yeah, um, but you
1: know, anger and hate are products of
0: fear. That's where they come from. In some cases, in some cases. But but oh. but getting back to um to this specific one then, alien abductophobia, which in case in case we have listeners out there who, who can't work it out, it is the fear of alien abduction. There is abductophobia. Um mm-hmm. fear of being abducted. There is alienophobia. Just the fear of extraterrestrials. Um not to be confused with xenophobia, which is the fear of terrestrial aliens, people from other oh. countries. Hmm. Strangers. Um, yeah. Um but yeah, so, so I would say, and and I would, I would argue the case for any form of abductophobia, that's quite a rational fear. I mean, well, I suppose it might be irrational if it's really unlikely to happen. Um, yeah. But I... Mm, I th- yeah, it's, it's when it becomes, I suppose, overwhelming, overpowering, when it hmm. starts impacting on your day-to-day life.
1: I mean, phobia is also used. People use it to describe um, fears of things that can actually hurt them, you know, like poisonous snakes or crocodiles. Or yeah, that's a reasonable thing to be wary of, to be to have to have a fear reaction to, to to stay away from. Um, but yeah, to have a yeah, you know, I think most people would be terrified if they were abducted by aliens, wouldn't they? I mean, it's not a phobia. <coughs>
0: Exactly but it's not the fear when it happens it's the fear of its potential that it might um, happen that's probably yeah. quite rational unless
1: that's happened to you before unless you've uh experienced that now um there was a story in billboard of um a country singer called Casey Musgrave who said that her biggest fear was alien abduction mm hmm um she said uh, she's an, she has a very irrational fear of alien abductions, which is our definition of phobia. Speaking of, she says, I've seen several UFOs. So right. there we are. That, that was about the only thing I could find about this um, this alien abductor phobia. Couldn't really find anything much else about it.
0: Well, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, in that, when when you take other folk like arachnophobia, for example, mm. most people at some point have seen, ins- uh, have seen spiders. Mm. It'd be it'd be hard to imagine someone having arachnophobia and suffering from arachnophobia, so it it affecting them on a day to day basis if they had never seen or come across or heard of a spider. Hmm. So where does I mean well I suppose we're we're see I'm saying this and I'm I'm already answering my own question because we're <laughs> seeing it portrayed through movies uh and yeah. media we're seeing sort of alien abduction. I mean I, I would say I suffer low level forms of alien abductophobia. It it's it's a fear. And those nights when you know, it's it's like it's really dark and you can't sleep and your mind starts turning in on itself and starts seeing shapes and shadows in the room, hmm. that kind of thing. Um, I feel like I'm narrating a horror story. I'm okay. going to Aliens Explored After Dark. Um, <laughs> but that kind of... That, that that environment, yeah, it starts playing on my mind. And if I've had a a, a nightmare... Involving um, extraterrestrials or, or aliens or hmm. whatever that may be because uh, we don't really know yeah I, I will be in a, a panicky state for several hours okay but Guess I don't know if that's alienophobia of... or alien abductophobia
1: um, what else do you think aliens might do to you I mean they might just come and Beat you up, visit you. me
0: um I think really? their presence holds some um interestingly so so you remember back along, I had that experience where i I felt that I would uh, that I had a visitation do you remember we talked about it and talked mm. about it with with uh, Ben Stevenson from central Utah Paranormal he doesn't sponsor us. If he wants,
1: well, he kind of does. He I mean, give he gave a he gave you a t-shirt, man. He t-shirt. He gave me a hoodie as well for my birthday. So he you know, did give you a
0: hoodie for your birthday? Thumbs up, up to looking. Ben, Ben Stevenson, um, and Central Utah Paranormal. Who I have to plug on this show. He's a, he, the, the Central Utah Paranormal are our friends. That's, that's yes. definitely the case. Um, yeah, so. Um, yeah, so you remember when when all that happened? Um, mm. I, I discussed it. Uh, I, I go to therapy once a week, um, and that came up as you would probably imagine. Mm. Um, and yeah, we were exploring kind of like why it was so unsettling to the to the extreme levels that it was. Um, mm. And yeah, it. it we explored uh, a lot of themes of sort of control or lack of control hmm. um, because if these beings are around us and we can't see them we can't detect them how how can we mitigate against them, how can we protect ourselves so yeah, that kind of that's the sort of thing hmm. I discuss in therapy anyway okay <laughs> No, I don't, um, I don't normally discuss that sort of thing
1: but I mean, yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you're talking about a phobia, or something that yeah, you you can't actually see, but it might be there. <laughs> it might be yeah. stood right behind you now. It's, um, I mean, studies have been done of people who have experienced alien abductions, um, and they've they've looked at aspects like PTSD, which mm-hmm. I know you you've suffered from, suggestibility, do. and dissociation related to alleged. Alien abductions. I'm reading from a report in Science Direct, and uh, they they studied they compared a total of 19 individuals who'd reported memories of having been abducted by aliens, um, compared to a control group of 32 participants, and subjected them to a battery of tests to measure PTSD, suggestibility, and dissociation. I don't think the the results were very. um, Yeah. The differences were statistically significant only in suggestibility. Okay. So um, dissociation might be involved in the clarification of some cases. Um, Explanations alternative to psychosis for these testimonies are are proposed. I mean, they talked about things like um, sleep paralysis, where you think you're awake and actually you're not, and you can't move because apparently when you go to sleep... Um, your body does go into a kind of paralysed state so that you don't thrash around because you're dreaming about something. Your know, you, you, your body's kind of kind of held in check. I've had that experience where I thought I was awake. I was this is this is the dullest dream you've ever heard. Um, I was lying in bed looking at the ceiling, thinking about things, and then my wife nudged me and said, "Turn over, you're snoring," and I said but I'm awake. And she said, no, you're not. You're snoring. <laughs> so I thought, this is the crappiest dream ever. I'm dreaming that I'm just in bed, li- awake, looking at the ceiling. <laughs> and that's why, that's why, this, it's kind of dreams, Keir Starmer, that's dull and uh, as practicable as, as as possible. So yeah, I, I know the experience of thinking you're awake or, or when, you, when you doze off in front of a movie and you start, Adding in weird things in, adding in weird things yourself because you're actually, mm. you've kind of gone with one of their ideas and taken it into your dream world and developed it there, and then suddenly you wake up again. And think, Wait a minute, did, did that just happen? That this thing I can't quite put words to. This weird thing. Um. So yeah, there are aspects to do with 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 sleep and dreams and sleep paralysis, PTSD. Uh, I found, um, mm. and, and they talked of recovered memory as well. People who, under hypnosis, have, have realised, in
0: inverted commas, that they had been ah. abducted by aliens. Now, I, w- I want to talk about that, but before we do, I just want to sort of stick back on, on what you were saying there, because I found that really interesting, the, the association with PTSD, um, mm. disassociation, and suggestibility. It was those three things, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. So I'm comparing this to my own standpoint, my my own experience, my own fears, Mm. Um, and PTSD. Yes, as you rightly identified, you know I do suffer from PTSD. I've done for oh god, twenty years Mm. now, Um, and and it varies between mild and severe depending on what's going on. Um, Mm. But yes, so tick in that box, PTSD, Mm. Uh, dissociation absolutely that is something i have experienced not specifically to do with with aliens or abductions or anything like that but certainly with um trauma related events hmm. um i have a huge amount of dissociation um, and and how would that be how would you ex- how would that be how would that manifest itself it it's so in in my case uh, it manifests in two different ways um I've not noticed a pattern to cause one or the other, but um, either I simply won't remember events. I mean, I've got, like, huge chunks of memory just totally missing from my life. Mm. Um, so so there's that. Um, like, you know, there, there'll be, like, a seven-year period, and I can remember maybe three things from it. Mm. You know, the, the, things of that nature. Or the other thing is... I can sort of I can access the imagery, but it's like watching a movie. It's like it's happened to somebody else. I've got no connection with it whatsoever hmm. so so yeah dissociation i can I can certainly relate to that um suggestibility now my instinctive response is to say, oh, I'm not suggestible at all. Mm. As I would imagine most people would. But do you know what? The reality, I'm gonna open myself up here to our listeners and to well, I've opened <laughs> myself up to you many times, Neil. Um you're my friend. <laughs> but uh yeah, I'm I'm happy to kind of <laughs> go on public record with this. Mm. Uh and say that. I would say actually emotionally, I'm very suggestive because I'm certainly very easily influenced emotionally people can impact on my emotional state very very easily Okay. Um, now I also think I'm a a very pragmatic person I've Mm. I've had to be Um, I've had to learn to be a very pragmatic so I am now an extremely pragmatic person, I'm a very rational person but that doesn't stop me from getting influenced emotionally so would you, on the outside of this would you say that is a sign of suggestibility
1: um i have to emphasize i'm not an expert (laughs) i have no qualifications in that respect but yeah i would say it sounds like that i mean one thing i thought with suggestibility you know when you're watching a movie maybe a war film or something and there comes that moment when it's all very, you know, the the patriotic music plays and the flag waves and the the hero stands up and and salutes and there's a tear in his eye everyone gets a bit misty eyed and whatever,
0: a manly um, tear, of course. Yeah, a manly
1: tear. Yeah, a manly <laughs> tear. But you know, he's remembering all the all the all the things he's lost and whatever and how he how hard he's fought and, um, I I find myself reacting against that kind of thing because I find. They're laying it on a bit too thick, and I'm. No, that's a bit much. You know, you can carry me along and get me to a certain emotional state. You know, you can you can frighten me in a horror film. You can make me laugh in a comedy, but when you try and get me patriotic or or nostalgic or or, or whatever, or um, I have a resistance to it. it. It triggers something, and I'm thinking, wait, no, what? You're I can see that you're trying to manipulate. the the manipulation is too clumsy, I think, in those cases. It's yeah, they they, they really do lay it on thick. And it's a uh, bit uh, and maybe some of our readers will, our listeners will agree, some will some will disagree, but I have found times where I thought or oh, just thought Yeah, do <laughs> you think you're kidding?
0: Yes. And and well certainly war films and things like that I don't tend to react to mm. because I have little basis for compa- I've, I, I There's little I can associate mm. um, with that. So yeah, that's 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 quite interesting. Um, I was when you said about like you know we should say we're not experts, um, and, and then you went on to say I was I was just agreeing with you, and then you went on to say and we have no qualifications. Either. Well, of course I do. Um, oh, my yes, first you do. Yes, was in sir. psychology. Um, um, however, I want to make it clear I'm not an expert in this. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I but can I...
1: refer you on. I'm just write you yeah. a prescription.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, no, I'm not. Oh, both. no, you I can't write prescriptions, write prescriptions, can you? You're not a psychologist. Oh, no, no. Isn't that the main difference between no. a
1: psychologist and a psychiatrist? That a psychiatrist can write prescriptions?
0: It's a different field of study. Um mm. psychiatry and psychology are two different things. I know it, it sounds similar, they're both thinking mm. about like the way the brain works. Um, but it is two different schools of thought. And also to write prescriptions you have to be a m um a medical doctor. Mm. Uh, you have to be an M D. Now a lot of um psychiatrists are also medical doctors, so yeah. yeah. You can go you can go into being a medical doctor down that route. I definitely I don't have a doctorate. Mm. Not yet anyway. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I'm not working on it, so I don't know why it's <laughs> yet. Um but uh, but yeah, mm. um So it, it, I wonder if it's worth looking at some of the physical responses that people get with alien abductophobia.
1: Yeah, and what triggers it? What what kind of thing Sets it off. Is it you? You just sort of you realise that you're out on a dark night and it's a clear sky above you. You can see, you can see the stars. And you think, oh, wait a minute, is that one moving?
0: Is it coming towards wow. me? Triggers. Let Let's look at triggers first of all, then, because mm. um, chron- chronologically, that's what would happen. You'd get a trigger and then you would get the response. So, mm. uh, triggers. I'm going to sound really glib here. Can be anything. Can be nothing. Can be, it's really hard to understand triggers because they are unique to the person affecting them. Mm. Um, yeah, that was think pretty clear. Of, let me think of an example. Oh, um, an example with my PTSD um, mm. that can be triggered by some really weird and bizarre things. Um, I can be having a conversation and it might somewhere unconsciously remind me of a conversation I had at another time when I was having a PTSD attack, hmm. and that in itself can trigger a PTSD attack. Wow, um, generally speaking, with my because uh, mine was caused by a, a, a severe road traffic accident, um, not happening to me, not happening to my partner hmm. in a motorbike, so that. I I know I've shared this with you, Neil, um, just for our Mm. listeners, in case you're interested. um, My partner, we were out on our motorbikes, I was following her, and she got hit by a truck. Um, She survived, Mm. but uh, for some time, a period of time, when it first happened, didn't think she did. Thought it had killed her Mm. outright. That was like the instant reaction. Um, Yeah, so that, that left me with PTSD. It left her in a much worse state have to yeah. say but uh but yeah so so for me loud noise at fireworks i hate fireworks so we've got that coming up um mm. haven't we um i hate fireworks they always trigger me always around bonfire night uh, which is a time in the uk when we have lots of fireworks to celebrate a man who failed to blow up Parliament. Um, we're we weird. think that's what we said. Um,
1: yeah, you, you <laughs> celebrate what you want. Celebrate if you want to. Yeah, I think we like to think we we celebrate a, a man who tried to and failed to blow up Parliament. Um, it's the only uniquely English celebration in our calendar. Everything else we share with the rest of the world: Christmas, Halloween, Easter, whatever. This is the only unique, and we don't even get a bloody day off for it. We don't get uh, a holiday
0: are, for this. What? what about bank holidays for the coronations and things like that?
1: Yeah, but they're they're not regular things. I mean, this this one has been a a celebration ever since the plot was foiled in sixteen hundred and five. Um, of course, it was basically it was a it was the a, a, an early seventeenth century terrorism scare and led to mm. an anti Catholic purge. One thing I found I was quite surprised at when I when I worked in the royal palaces when he talk to people about it. I would often meet children who'd never heard of Guy Fawkes, had never heard of, didn't know what Bonfire Night was, um, and they would always be Catholics.
0: It's right. Catholics. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I was about to say, bet they've heard a penny for the guy, though. Um, no, because no would, none of that. Because they would... Again, like, again for our... Like, for our American listeners, but just to just to give context of what I've just said, penny for the guy. Uh we would on bonfire night when we celebrate this event, uh children will build life-size effigies mm. of this man Guy Fawkes, who who is the guy who failed to blow up Parliament. Uh and he we would then burn those effigies. It's really barbaric, isn't it? Yeah, I mean basically, but, yeah, you, you'd, you'd get, go
1: some, around, get some old clothes, stuff them with, with newspapers. Um, wearing masks is a thing. for. It doesn't seem to be so much mm-hmm. anymore. We always used to have a mask, a pressed cardboard kind of Guy Fawkes mask. Um, you'd stick one of those on me as well. That would burn quite well. You'd, you'd sit him on the bonfire and we would chant, Guy, Guy, poke him in the eye, stick him on the bonfire and there let him die. Oh, oh, yeah, I, sort of six, I never had six, that one. Didn't you? Six, six-year-old no. children were sort of dancing around singing that. In, in Lewis, in West Sussex, I mean, they're quite... Exclusive. They don't like strangers down there. It all gets a bit uh, wicker man down there. But they, they will burn public figures in effigy. They often burn the Pope in effigy, but they will also burn whatever political figures have
0: displeased them that year in effigy. Uh, it, yeah, it's not that uncommon, uh, I guess. Uh, but yes, well, the Penny for the Guy thing. So once you've got your refugee, you would take, uh, as a child, you would take it round your neighbour's houses, knocking on the door and say, Penny for the Guy. Yeah, or just on the street. I mean, you basically have it in your in your cart, uh, in,
1: on, on yeah. a trolley of some kind, and you wheel it around. And you, yes. basically, you're begging
0: for money to go and buy fireworks. Yes. Anyway, we've, we've gone right off the We've point. gone right so, off it, yeah. What I'm so, saying is, that's the trigger for me, is loud noises like fireworks. Um, yeah, so, so triggers in general. It might be, yes, seeing a moving light in the sky could be a trigger uh, for mm. someone with alien abductophobia. It might be watching a movie with a you know grey aliens mm. in it. Um, I'm always incredibly uncomfortable. So movies like Close Encounters of the Third Kind... Um, hmm. Seen at the yeah, spoiler alert for anyone who's not watched it. Um, you see grey type aliens towards the end. Uh, that always freaks me out. Um, the movie uh, of the book Communion. I hmm. that that traumatized me as a kid. I uh, know oh. we've talked about it on one of our very very early um, episodes of Aliens Explored um, and and <laughs> had to watch it again. Oh, it was difficult. Um, yeah. So in fact, I talked about the trauma uh, in that episode. Uh, so yeah, that oh. might be a trigger for some, but it it's so subjective, and triggers can be incredibly vicarious. Um, so Ooh. it's 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 really down to the individual. I mean,
1: as a kid, you know, I would watch Doctor Who. That was probably the earliest kind of horror that I would watch. Um, and I was terrified of the Cybermen in particular. Mm. Um, but yeah, that, that's all right. They're, they're from another planet, but they're just they're just monsters, and they kill you. Yeah, yeah. They come in your room and kill you. So, um, is it is it necessarily a fear of alien abduction or, or, or an encounter with any other kind of worldly being? I mean, is it is this the same? Would would people in times before we thought about? outer space and visitors from other planets would people have had the same fears about
0: witches and hobgoblins and fairies that kind of thing i'm gonna i'm gonna put a question to you in response when was it we didn't think about the vast universe and what else might be in it
1: um I think for a, a long time people didn't really understand how vast the universe was. They would think of stars as just lights, lights in the sky. Um, I'm thinking it's yeah. You know, this fear of of aliens is you know, people you know, creatures from other planets who come to attack us or colonize us. Um, that's a. It started in the 20th century. That prior to that, it would have been more more folklorist
0: stuff: vampires, werewolves, fairies well it is it is modern day folklore and yes those yeah. same exact same things would have been ascribed to um other fo- like you say witches or or fairies In, interesting one um the horseshoe uh, people say oh yeah, you putting a horseshoe above the door that's for luck well no actually it's it's because traditionally people believed that elves and fairies kind of the same thing back then hmm. uh, were evil spirits that came to do you harm But they were repelled by iron, and Mm. of course, in a in a little rural village, uh, an old horseshoe is the easiest bit of iron you can get. Hmm. Oh, so I remember there was a thing you had. That comes from.
1: You had to put it the right way up so that it was a a U-shaped. If you if it turned upside down, you've tipped all the luck out.
0: They'd say. All the luck falls out. yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a more modern day interpretation mm. of it. No, it was it was there to ward against evil spirits because mm. evil spirits were repelled by iron. Um that was what it was there for. Mm. Yeah, mm. so
1: it's it's something deep in our psyche, this this fear of something coming in from another world, another dimension, some some creature emerging and it carrying you off. I mean I suppose in Certainly, in in Ireland, there was a great fear of fairy rings. I mean, they would tend to be old Iron Age forts, um, but they would they would take the shape of the fairy ring. They they believe people believe these to be fairy rings, and if someone had a particularly difficult baby, they they could believe that that baby has been replaced. That the fairies have taken away your nice baby and replaced it with this changeling that just screams all day and all night and exhausts you, and will grow up to be a an evil person. And I think there was some yes. kind of right you had to do to. Yeah. <laughs> I think you had to do something pretty horrendous to the baby to,
0: to get the fairies to reverse the swap. Off um, in the way, off in the way. Yeah. Well, we're 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 running over time. So we did say we'd talk about. The physical response to mm. uh, alien abductophobia. Um, so it can be panic attacks are very, very common. Um, extreme anxiety. Mm. Um, and panic attacks uh, involve uh feelings of unreality, sweating, trembling shortness of breath um palpitation so your heart beating extremely fast and in an irregular pattern as well um sensation of butterflies in the stomach um nausea dizziness feeling faint pins and needles even uh, dry mouth hyperventilation all this you know it, it's quite an extreme Physical response, your body essentially goes into fight or flight mode um,
1: okay, um, so am I thinking right and thinking it's you you've gone into fight or flight mode, but you don't mm-hmm. know which way to fly, flee and you don't know what to fight that it's a kind of impotent yeah. kind of you've you've you all your defenses are triggered, but you don't know you, you can't see the threat
0: it has no direction to be focused in, yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right, and that in itself that's that's kind of worse because you you know you're reacting to something hmm. but that thing is hidden from you which which is even more terrifying um hmm. yeah
1: i'm happy to say i've never experienced that and i'm not, I'm not keen to to um not keen to either... I-
0: have and indeed we've talked about it on this yeah. <laughs> on this show when I had that experience that night that's exactly mm. what I was going through um, but here's the thing, a lot of people won't come forward because one of the biggest side effects to particularly I'm going to say with something like alienophobia or alien abductophobia is shame um, fear of 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 being ostracised of being ridiculed mm. you know I mean a lot of people like especially like it's not so bad for us because we, we we are in circles where we are interacting with people who who have conversations about otherworldly beings um, mm. and, and they have open conversations so that's fine but imagine if somebody just never ever, it's probably easier for you to imagine than for me even Neil because mm. You were in that environment where nobody ever talked about that sort of thing. Can you imagine if you had a fear like that? Who would you talk to about it? Mm-hmm. And people don't. And they suffer. They suffer in silence with it. And I would say, as we, as we wrap up this episode, uh, listeners, if you suffer from alienophobia, alien abductophobia, any kind of phobia at all... Talk to someone about it. A problem shared is a problem halved and it gets easier when you talk to people. So don't sit on it. Do go and speak to people. And you can always speak to us. Um, Anything else on alien abductophobia you want to add, Neil? Um, I don't think so. Remember,
1: we're not qualified. We're happy to to, to talk to you about it. But um... yes very
0: true, Look, very if, true. That's all, if that's worth, all you worth need worth remembering, remembering, to, uh, someone not. to
1: talk to who's not going to ridicule <laughs> you then then yeah we're
0: we're the ones but if you need something more then um yeah we're not we're mental different. health professionals but uh, there are some good mental health professionals out there or credit yeah. to the mental health professions as absolutely well. um so yeah so if you do want to talk to us about this, about any stories that we come up with about any of our subjects or topics or about anything to do with UFOs or otherworldly beings then you can do so by sending us an email aliensexplored.gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook, Twitter YouTube by searching Aliens Explored. And of course if you're one of our Patreon subscribers you get exclusive access to our Discord server so you can chat about it there as well join us next time where oh yes we're going to be talking about a UFO investigator Paul Benowitz so well, don't miss that one forward to that. and uh, forward to in the meantime keep watching out for anything hiding under the bed as it's Halloween <laughs> 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 and of course Keep watching the skies. Take care for now. Catch you next time. Bye bye.
1: Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafuchi and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on AliensExplored.com.